Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to episode 51 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast. We've got a very special episode here where we'll be talking about lessons learned from year one in an IDP Dynasty League. Uh, so with me to break it down, first of all, we have Mo. Yeah. We have Chiggs. Hey, hey. And we have a special guest from the DC Presidents. We have Brian, a returning guest. So Buck, other way, I should say. Buck, how are you doing? I'm all right. Good evening, everybody. How, how are we? Yeah, pretty good. Th- things are trending in the right direction. The weather's getting better. Restrictions are going to start ending. Um, I think some of us have had or are having our vaccines soon as well. So definitely trending in the right direction so project get back to texas is uh on track i would say <laughs> yes absolutely america to good old north carolina it's in the 70s nice and sunny no rain you'll love it yeah but will it stay that way for a while it's like that all week sir come on down <laughs> i definitely will uh I, I loved it when i was there uh, you just got so many breweries and stuff um a lot of them are big beer gardens with cornhole and other games and stuff so yeah north carolina and charlotte is definitely a bit of a hidden gem that i don't think many people know about when they travel to the only thing is it rains like 300 days a year so that's that's the, that's the downside ignore that ignore that but we live in england so you know yeah, this is worse. We, just do it? we went to a bar with mo and the the rain was so bad that we were going to was it like a, a taco shack or something like some food place that was literally a three four minute walk and we called an uber because that, that, that was so bad <laughs> yeah. even even the uber driver was like was that was that it but we're like yeah it's raining too much so uh, i'll never forget that that was fun but no charlotte great city look forward to visiting again and uh, your family's hospitality was fantastic so i'll never forget that so we are here to talk about lessons learned um i'll try not to be too braggadocious as the champion the inaugural champion still need to get my name engraved on the trophy but uh, i think we were all involved in trades particularly during the startup Buck, i know me and you were involved in trades i know you and mo were involved in trades um chigs i'm pretty sure you were involved in trades with at least one if not all three of us as well um but then trading kind of died down there wasn't much during the season and i think a lot of that was because you've got different positions you've not only got your offensive positions but your defensive positions i think one of the lessons i learned kind of jumping right into it is because it's a new concept it was hard to kind of marry up players on offense versus defense when you're looking at trades and there were trades but it was largely offense only or defense only, or a combination of the both. But you rarely had, I'll give you an offensive player for this defensive player. Uh, because I think, you know, none of us, or maybe Paul and Chiggs had done IDP, but most of us hadn't. So it was hard to then match up an offensive player to a defensive player when you're looking at trade values. I don't know if you found the same thing or if you tend to disagree with that. Chiggs, what were your views on offense v defense? Yeah, I mean, my initial kind of take during the during the draft was I thought, you know, especially I think when you took Darius Leonard in the third or the fourth round, I thought it was third first round, IDP yeah. player. Yeah, I felt, I felt it was a bit of a reach. Um, but that being said, you know, the the scoring settings and stuff, defensive players were super valuable, right? Um, and actually, you know, those like Darius Leonard is, is such a stud that he is, you know, the, the scarcity, I'd say, of the, of the quality of that player. But, um, yeah, it, it did make it difficult when you're trying to trade and, and assess value, you know, if you're trying to trade a running back for a linebacker or, you know, whatever it was. It's how, how do you how do you value that? And I think that was the kind of the scary bit. But I think as you get into the season and people kind of, you know, I think me and, me and Buck did quite a nice little trade. Um, Phil Rivers when he needed a quarterback making his push for the playoffs. Um, you just kind of you just figure out what you need in your team and you just sort of pull the trigger, right? Yeah, we could have done yeah. an even nicer one if you hadn't shot me down uh, before we started recording. 
destroying, <laughs> breaking my heart via WhatsApp while I stare at your luscious locks across Skype. <laughs> hey man, I, I told you I, I'm desperate for a running back. So, so me and Buck have been discussing um, discussing some trades in the off season, and um, obviously I'm off to Ceh. You know, you know my love for him. Um, I think he's going to have a bounce back next year. Although maybe not, maybe not as high as I was maybe um, say two three months ago. But the, the, I think the my sort of biggest sort of... you backtrack and then well, you can't you can't big him up and then backtrack. You know, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm, I know. So honestly, I, I said thoughts. to you as well, you <laughs> you made the right call in, in holding on to him and trying to get max value for him. I would say though the the trade dynamic. So initially, I was offering Jalen Hurts and probably at Jalen Hurts plus, but actually now that. Carson oh, Wentz has been oh, moved wow. on. Jalen Hurts is value through the roof. So actually, I think it's going to have to be CEH plus for Jalen Hurts. <laughs> yeah, literally that drop, and I had that message on on WhatsApp from you, and I thought, I wonder if I can pull the trigger before I'm more seen this. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if that has, that has appeared on his phone yet that Wentz is on his way. But unfortunately, <laughs> the trade sort of disappeared. <laughs> So here's here's a question then. We just discussed me potentially reaching for Darius Leonard in the third. I got him at the 304, so it, it was an early third round pick. It wasn't even back end of the third. Um, players who went just after Darius Leonard, uh, now bearing in mind this is a super flex, tight end premium IDP, so you got a bit of everything. DJ Moore, Joe Burrow. Okay, I think Joe Burrow, you know, we know his values shot up aj brown his values shot up derrick henry his values really shot up but i'll ignore burrow brown henry but let's say you got dj moore austin eckler julio jones who was in the fourth amari cooper would you take leonard over those guys or are you still taking one of those other guys so let's say dj moore obj julio amari i mean i'll just quickly say obviously the dj moore pick was me <laughs> um, and I think we debated it on the pod, you know, a number of times. How um, I think Mo was actually said, you know, he's probably a bit of a reach, and I was of the opposite view. For me, I'd still be taking DJ Moore, right? And 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 that's that's purely because I still think the guy's talent. I think he had a down season last year, and he still probably finishes a wide receiver too. You know, I, I I think he has top you know top five wide receiver upside with with the right quarterback. <clears throat> I agree with that, and that's what hurt him, wasn't it? Was having Bridgewater QB not not the most accurate, particularly downfield, where you really utilizing um, DJ more speed. And I think Robbie Anderson came in and you know became the alpha in that offense. Okay, so that's Darius Leonard, but let me well, put it. Well, so sorry. I will clarify though that in hindsight, though that that Darius Leonard picks an absolute is absolutely spot on because the quality of wide receiver you're picking up, you know, from from this year's draft class in terms of C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, you know, you're getting these guys in the what sixth to tenth round. I don't, I don't know where, where where people went in general, but you know, if you took Darius Leonard where you did, and then you take some of these younger wide receivers later on that have, that have hit. I think you had Justin Jefferson, right, Amir? Yeah, I did. I mean, he was one of the big, big reasons why, you know, my team was consistently good, I'd say. I'm trying to see where I drafted him because I took Jerry Judy in the back end of the sixth, 609, and I can only assume that, uh, Jefferson was after but I'm trying to find you know I'm guessing Jefferson was like round eight round nine kind of pick he, he he's going latest you know mid round two I'd say now in most startups or back end of round two maybe in Superflex. but uh, nonetheless oh yeah here he is I got him the last pick of the 12th round so wow. you know in in hindsight he ended up being an absolute steal but uh, that's the thing with rookies, you know, you're sometimes going to get your Jerry Judys and your Henry Ruggs who don't perform in year one. And then you're sometimes going to get your Jeffersons who do. But I think that's the case, whether it's IDP or not, you're going to have that risk in any startup when you're drafting rookies. 
um, as to how how they're going to perform. And we saw that with running backs, and we talked about it all off-season, that it's going to be hard for running backs to hit the ground running, no pun intended, because they're not going to have that training camp. They're, and, you know, they have a lot of a lot of playbook to learn because it's not just running plays. It's also learning what the offensive line are going to do. There's also blocking to learn. And I think Jonathan Taylor ended up being phenomenal and probably won people championships. But he was slow to start, as was Akers, as was um, Dobbins. Uh, it was only CEH, really, who started well and then tapered off a bit. But, um, yeah, and... That that did hurt you, but because you were quite aggressive in getting Ceh, but I still think you've got a stud for many years there in a mm. high-powered offense um, as it stands. Remember that, Jigs. He's a stud. <laughs> I think the other way to look at it is who's going to go earlier in a startup, Ceh or uh, Jalen Hurts. And my personal opinion is it's still going to be Ceh, but um, others may, you know. Jalen Hurts looked good when he played and Philly, Philly have committed to him. So it is quite subjective. But my view is that in a startup, um, CEH is still going ahead of Hurts. Yeah, I'll, Hertz, I'll is, agree Hertz, that. Hertz is my sleeper QB pick in redraft leagues next year. I don't know how much of a sleeper he is, but you can get him pretty late. Yeah, I, I mean, is... he was awesome when he played, right? Like that, that was because of, because of the, um, the ground. You know, his, his rushing yards were was awesome. But, um, yep. I mean, I mean, he was so great that they had to bench him against Washington, so they lose the game <laughs> for a better traffic. <laughs> God, that was so disgusting, wasn't it? But uh, they they got to stick it to the Cowboys, I suppose. Uh, sorry, was it? Uh, yeah, no, not Cowboys, the Giants, right? So, yeah, I'm sure that went down well in New York. Uh, for the Giants fan base. I, th- I think one lesson that we learned is not necessarily for an IDP league, but not get yourself involved in bets where everyone can lose. Um, <laughs> we should have probably had, um, if it's a draw, what the outcome is. So for those who remember listening, um, there was a lot of bravado involved where the fumble recovery guys, so the four of us, me, Chiggs, Paul, and Mo, had a bet against Buck as to whether who's going to, score the most uh, on any given week thinking right someone's going to lose and the loser had to then busk in london in a very loud jaguar print suit but as it transpires uh, i kind of given a spoiler but chiggs would you like to do the big reveal yeah so we um i think we put the cutoff point as of the end of week 13 uh, which was the end of our regular season uh, which I think makes sense, given obviously people had bye weeks in week 14 and stuff like that. And it actually ended up being neck and neck, with 26 apiece. So uh, well done, Buck, for uh, matching us toe-to-toe. Being, what, so what does that mean? Is, is, that, uh, well, is that all five of us busking, or is that... Uh, I think all five of us, that was what we forward. agreed, right? Oh, yeah. is it? I was hoping it carries forward to next it's hard to because Buck's in rebuild mode now. Um, uh, I don't mind rolling sure. forward. I mean, uh, uh, but considering me and Chiggs ended up in the final, uh, I think that does point to Mo and Paul I'm, kind of letting us down. I'm, I'm, I, I can't even make any excuses. I, I was the weakest link on that one. <laughs> so it was Amir that carried us, basically. I, I think the, the scoring, Buck, I think, beat me seven to six. Uh, beat Mo and Paul eight to five. Oh wow! But, but it was Amir at a ten, ten and three against Buck that kind of brought the average back. <laughs> oh. Well done, Amir. <laughs> I'm expecting uh, some thank you gift from the rest of you for that. Then <laughs> I think I think I made the point to you though, Amir. Obviously, when we were going into our into our matchup in the uh, in the final, I think. I looked at the score every week. So if if I played Amir every week, what the what the result would be, and I think it was either twelve or actually well over the sixteen. I think it was fifteen and one or sixteen and zero. Oh, I think it would have been. So you I basically think, would have beaten me pretty much every week. I think it week. was fourteen and one going into the playoff final. Yeah. Uh, what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, no, that as I, said, I did have a good team. Um, some of the picks lucked in, and then others didn't. 
you know um so uh buck what what was the lesson that you learned from your first year of idp anything you'd like to share i, th- I think we and i think it's going to kind of follow the same suit everybody's kind of agreed upon the way you rate those players Do you know what i mean the when you've got for example the likes of blake martinez who just happens to be a member of my team who's putting up 300 fantasy points a season still in comparison to some sort of like uh, mike evans he scored Mike Evans, and obviously he didn't have the greatest of seasons. But you need to look at where you sort of where you're going to put your money. And one of the questions that I was going to pose to everybody moving forward was specifically, you know, the likes of you who played IDP before. When it comes to the draft, where do we rate, you know, your promising linebacker rookies against your promising sort of running back rookies and wide receivers? That's going to be sort of my next thought really going forward um, yeah go yeah on, I, guess, I guess yeah obviously given that i've you know i've been involved in some idp leagues and and drafts before right i'd say this was bear in mind it was non-super flex so i think you obviously the quarterbacks push everything down a bit but the top tier linebackers in the drafts i was in so guys like devin white devin bush would have been going around late, late first. Mm-hmm. Oh, that early range. Yeah. Okay. Um, but obviously, that, yeah, the scoring settings I think as well were obviously linebackers were so much more valuable than defensive backs and defensive linemen, right? Um, what, what I would think in in our draft with obviously the super flex and I think with the quality of the talent in the first and second round this year i probably wouldn't i haven't looked at any of the idp players in any detail but i'd say you're probably looking at probably mid to late second it's probably where they'll start going mm-hmm. and i think that third round's your real sort of sweet spot for for picking up players so if you can load up on a few thirds then i think that's kind of where you'll be getting some good value yeah, and just just thinking about it as well, that there weren't any starred rookie linebackers from last season. I think the guy who had the most opportunity, and somebody might correct me, but wasn't it um, Kenneth Murray? And he was okay, but he wasn't as spectacular as like a Blake Martinez or a Darius Leonard or a Bobby Wagner. Um, you know, I would say he was just okay. So yeah, it probably does vary year to year how they match up. I think it was Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray were the two big guys, weren't they, coming in yep. in terms of the linebacking group? Correct. I don't know where they finished. Yeah, true. Patrick Queen the... was pretty good, yeah. Um, they, they did pretty decent. I think they have a, they have a great... See, I, that's my, I think that's what I did this last draft. I had no... I, that's, that was one of my mistakes. Is I just could not analyze. I could not value a lot of linebackers during the draft. Even even though, like, you know, I'm not even going to draft one over a running back and that stuff. It's just a matter of, like, you know, you see everyone drafting these. You, know, you see you see Ron and linebackers. Okay, I have to get a linebacker. Well, my problem was I, I just did not know enough to know, okay, this guy is better than this guy. This guy will fit this scheme better. I think that was my, I think that was my biggest regret on that end. So that's why one fortunate thing what I did was I went for the top rookie run, uh, linebackers. So most of my defensive players are all rookies or first or second year where I was like, okay, well, if I can, I'm getting them so late in the game that um, I, because I, I, again, I, I, I couldn't tell you the difference between, I, I can tell you the difference between, um, you know, no, two two stud running backs, but I could not tell you any difference between two two stud linebackers, and that was my biggest uh, that was my biggest weakness at that at that point. So we'll see if the strategy works out or not. But that's why I went um, early. Uh, I, basically, I went late and picked up rookie a lot of rookie defensive players. Well, I mean, Patrick Queen finishes a linebacker too. I think he finished around linebacker nineteen or twenty ish in our in our scoring. You know, so that's for a rookie. That's still pretty decent. You know. Hopefully, but I was thinking like, for example, I drafted Tremaine Edmonds, but then I had an option of Dave, uh, Tampa Bay's uh, uh, stud. Um, uh, what's his name? David White. Yeah, exactly. White. I had, I had my choice of Rokon Smith. I, I think if you look at the player, the linebackers I drafted after Edmonds, um, I, I made a poor choice on going with Edmonds over the other linebackers oh. that came afterwards. I'm not, I'm not sure about that because I still think he's one of that group of 
you know, elite linebackers. I think he had a down season. That's true. Um, uh-huh. he, might, he might have been injured as well. But, you know, I think if you look at Roquan Swift's numbers, maybe the year before last, you know, I think his numbers were a bit depressed, mm-hmm. maybe. And I think a bit of injury and stuff, you know. So I think that group, you know, I think that group of upper tier linebackers is still going to be there. They, you know, they may drop out a few years here and then they, they bounce back. But generally, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're the hobby of that team, right? And I'm I'm just looking at the draft. So okay, Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard went early in the third, but then the next crop of um, linebackers were round seven and round eight. So you had Bobby Wagner, Blake Martinez, Jalen Smith, Tremaine Edmonds, Jordan Hicks, and Joe Schobert. So and then the, in round nine there were like eight or nine linebackers taken. But you look at all of those names I just mentioned. I think Jalen Smith may be the lowest amongst them, and he was still pretty good. You compare yeah, that awesome. to the, you compare that to the points that the yeah. likes of you just just look at the upside of somebody like even a Devin White, that the ceiling, and compare that to the ceiling of somebody like uh, an Allen Robinson, uh, an Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup. I think what I learned was that the the ceiling on the linebacker is far far higher than it is for those receivers. Because on a really is, really good year, there's you know still going to be. Yeah. A See, I think I think it's I agree with that, but I think it's against it's kind of like I think I think along I think in the very beginning when we were first looking at IDP, you can pick up you can pick up linebackers on the waiver or well, linebackers kind of tough, but you can pick up defensive players on the waivers. And you, you're not going to pick yep. up anyone close to those wide receivers, quality yeah, exactly. players, and, and free agents that, in the waiver wire. That that for me is the, is the key difference, right? Is that yeah, you're not going to find running backs generally and wide receivers floating around in the waiver wire. I, mean, I picked up like Alex Singleton off off waivers, and you know he was he was pretty awesome, right? But, um, I, I think I think those defensive players i think a because people don't know that much about them and b i think the scheme you know the scheme or someone gets an opportunity someone's injured and stuff and they can kind of run with it it's a bit easier um yeah Yeah, just, just looking at the draft and even thinking back to my team i think one thing i would still recommend is get yourself at least one stud running back early and by early i mean in the first five rounds because of all the positions i think running back is where it mm-hmm. runs driest um fairly quickly so while it didn't work out for you but last season i still think you did a made a great move to pair cmc with ceh because that that tandem in coming years will serve you well um now okay and, you um, lost your and antonio gibson Oh, you got Gibson. Oh, yeah, well. you got Gibson too. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, well, he's got a really good running back group. Yeah, and I think you know if you are trying to rebuild, that's where you want to try and maybe capitalize, get get draft capital for running backs because they come at a premium and don't sell. And I'm not trying to sway your decision, you know, with Chigs and politics <laughs> it comes across that way. But I think if others, you know, because I'm I'm going to come at you with interest, and I'd say the same thing. Um, don't sell your running backs cheap because they're hard to come by. And I'm short on running back outside of Aaron Jones. It's a bit of a mishmash of things, so it's probably an well, area. What I, need I would to... say with with running backs, right, is is the flip side is their their shelf life is is shorter than than wide receivers, right? So if you get a yeah. top tier wide receiver, you know, you or a quarterback, you know, they're in your team for for ten years. Running backs, you know, you're probably going to get at a top top tier player, five years of that good production, maybe. You know, probably Zeke's the only Zeke's one of the few guys I can think of that you know that that consistent level of production. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost just if you're not going to be in contention the next few years, then you will be thinking about flipping CMC at some point. Yeah, absolutely. and it's it's not foolproof because you know Mo, you went quite early on Miles Sanders, and he had a bad season. It didn't work out, but then on the flip side, someone like Derek Henry went back end of the third, and he, you know he was monster last season just, again, huh? yeah it's just solid so but you know i do think while you want to get your um qbs and don't <laughs> buck you know we'll come on to it, don't i think you don't want to 
leave yourself short on QBs and Buck, I'll let you maybe announce, you know, one of the lessons on types of QBs, um, particularly around age, let's say. So I do think you need to get yourself at least one stud QB. And I started with Lamar Jackson. So once I had Jackson, yes, you didn't have the production that you might have you know, expected out of him, but you've got your every week starter there. Um, you know, Broad started with Deshaun Watson, Chris, um, not Chris, sorry, Luke had Kyler Murray, um, Chris, as always, the other Chris, Russell Wilson, as he always gets. Um, but that's definitely, you know, that doesn't change in a super flex. You do want to try and get at least one good QB, I'd say. Uh, and I'm still a big advocate of that. I wouldn't want to go two rounds without having a QB. Um, others may want to do that and see where they land. But uh, yeah, personally, I'm not big advocate on, on doing that. <laughs> So, Buck, what was your lesson on QBs? <laughs> I'm actually looking at the draft page right now, and I'm I'm reliving it because obviously we did a we did a long draft, so eight hours per pick, and it was kind of sneaking down. I'm looking back as to who picked what before me, and and then oh, Amir, you took Jerry Judy, okay, and then I thought, okay, then I'm going to move on because I knew this was the this round, the the sixth round was when I was going to make a run on my quarterbacks because I, I knew uh, you know I tried to stock up early. You know, with a bit aggressive um, trading with more, um, and and then I thought, oh, I'll take Brady. And then Brady went, and I, I always wanted, sort of, I was going to go for Breeze, um, but before then, I'd lost sort of like <clears throat> Tannehill, Cousins, Herbert went just beforehand as well. So ultimately, in the end, I ended up with um, uh, Drew Breeze and Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> thing is, though, like, I actually, just looking at your draft, right, so you started with McCaffrey in the first, mm-hmm. Mike Evans in the second, then you obviously made the move to get CEH, and then you took Mark Andrews in the third, and then there was probably nothing for two rounds is probably where it was, I think that was the moving up and stuff, and then you took Breeze yeah. Roethlisberg. To be fair, if you look at the QBs that went after those guys, Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, Derek Carr, and then later on, Phil Rivers, Dwayne Haskins, Nick Bowles. Mm. You picked up the best two two QBs, right? That were on the board. Especially you, you know, your strategy seemed to be win now. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm all for that. I think I think you drafted really well. Obviously, it's a shame that Breeze is um hold at time, but you still got Big Ben coming back next season. Well, I did have until um, he made his way across to Amir's team. Um, <laughs> you traded him. That's right. What did you trade him for? Pick. <laughs> uh, traded him for two twelve, two two oh six. Oh, the two oh six. Okay, yeah. that's that's all right. I'm here ripping off people once again. No, that's, <laughs> I, think, I, I think that's fair. I think even now, because there were there were rumors that he might retire, so I knew I was taking right. a punt. Yeah, but I, I think even now two oh six is fair-ish. You could probably get a bit more, but the price represented the risk that he could retire. And it looked uh, like he was going to go about, you know, two weeks ago. I think he even sent me a message saying, oh, well, there's a nice free second round pick for you there. But yeah, exactly. He's restructured his deal. He's come back. And the thing I like about Ben Roethlisberger, he's, he, is an, he is a natural competitor. He's a winner. He wants to win. He'll, he'll not walk out like this. He wants to come back and he wants to. Um, but if I just have a quick look at my team at the minute, and the lesson here, folks, is... Try and get a quarterback that will play past the first season. Because <laughs> at the minute, I currently have Drew Brees, who's still on my roster. I have Joe Flacco. <laughs> Brandon <laughs> Allen. So at the minute, if we started tomorrow, I would not have a quarterback <laughs> to play. <laughs> Which is great. Price super price. Actually, that's a good yeah, point. Let's roll forward the better. Price of Jalen Hurts has just doubled, by the way. Yeah. What you want to do now is really, without deliberately doing it, but tank this season, get the well, 101 next season, and then get the best QB. But know. that's what Chicks tried to do when he got up to the final. Like, so, oh, I know. <laughs> I know. It works in one of two ways. You want to get a good QB, or you end up in the championship game, right? So, so explain, explain to us, Chiggs, how you are intending to get a top three pick. You, you, you're trying to tank, and then you end up in the championship game. Honestly, I, I don't know what happened, right? So my, my issue was my, my, my wide receivers were 
I thought were excellent. I've got a great group of wide receivers. Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, um, DJ Moore, uh, T Higgins and, you know, a few others. But it was um, all of them injured or underperforming at the start of the season. So I think I was, was probably the lowest scoring player for the first maybe five, six weeks. And then somehow I think I beat someone. I went a bit of a run, basically. Just kept eking out victories against all odds. Um, and then Phil Rivers like started playing well. And I was like, well, this is getting me further and further away from one of these top. I wanted a top four pick, right? Because then you end up with either Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Jamar Chase, Travis Etienne. You know, they, they were the kind of big four on my boards. Um, you can probably put Devonta Smith in there now as well. But... Um, yeah, and then obviously I sold Phil Rivers to, to Buck, thinking, well, there's no point, I'm not going to need him now. But then ended up beating Buck by like a point or something. Um, and then snuck into the playoffs. And then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think I was top of our division for about yeah. six weeks. And then at the end, it kind of just, it all sort of fell apart in front of my eyes. And I, oh, and I finished bottom. <laughs> And the, and the worst thing is, obviously, Mo's got your first round pick as well, right? So now Mo's got like six. two yeah. early picks in the first to pair with Patrick Mahomes. Ugh. Yeah, cruel oh, mistress. Um, uh, there's been a couple offers. I've been looking at Deshaun Watson. What would you pay for Deshaun Watson right now in our IDP league? Because, because, um, who do you call? Whoever has him, I know he's one. Trade him. Broad. Yes, Broad has been shopping to Sean Watson. Oh, I might have to get. Well, I'd give Broad a ring if it was anyone but Broad. Broad doesn't I mean, like. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is. It's, it's not cheap though. I think he, he was asking originally for my both my first. So he's basically pulling what the Texans are pulling. Yeah. Um, and then in addition, a couple of additional players. I think even Daniel Jones may have been part of that deal or something. It, yeah, I, I think if you can get him for two first and Jones, you're laughing because it you're not gonna get. He's just not, he, He's a top QB, yeah. You're, yeah, you're yeah, just not going to get QB. opportunities to get Mahomes, Watson, Kyler, those sorts of players often. If if you've got a window and you can make something work, I would say do it. Even if you, as you say, need to give up someone like a Daniel Jones and someone on top. Now I'm just looking at your, trying to look at your like roster, but, uh, you know, what Cooks you gave to me, you know, I mean, even if it's like, Daniel Jones, Corey Davis, and two first, for example. I think that's still cheap, personally. Hopefully, Broad doesn't listen to this. Well, <laughs> do it now. I think, do it now. I, think, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's cheap now because there's a risk you do run that Watson's going to be out this whole season, um, or at least at least ten games. Or so, so basically, I mean, you're basically just counting, the, you're scratching the season off, most likely. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting one. It's. Uh, I, I was actually saying two first plus a little bit extra, but I mean, I, I, I don't, not too much though, especially with the risk of him not playing this season. Two first and Daniel Jones, I think, is, is, is reasonable. That's what I was thinking. It's, it's, it's a like good that. starting gambit. Let's see if he takes it. I mean, he's a Giants fan, so, you know, Jones might tempt him. But uh, what, what picks have you got, my Four and six. Four and six, though. So you're talking about either, I mean, I would probably be taking a running back, a wide receiver, or a QB. Yeah. And then you get top tier one of those. Yeah, you you get you'll get yeah. I think top potentially two top tier players with those two picks, depending you, on where actually, the QBs. Yeah, you should get at least the RB and QB one or two. Sorry, RB and uh, wide receiver one, one or two, one or two at two. those picks. Correct. Yeah, and a QB two or three. I mean, depending on how. Yeah, I mean, I, personally, I, yeah, because Justin Fields is right now not even projected to be the second QB off the board. All the talk is Zach Wilson now, isn't it? Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Trey Lance will probably go in there somewhere as well. You know. So, yeah. so this is the thing, actually. Like, I think I think there will be potentially five to six quarterbacks taken in our draft in the first round. I oh, I agree. I can see that now. I, I I wasn't so sold on it, but I think definitely at least four. I think you're going to see Trey, Zach, Trevor, and Fields. And then we'll see if yeah. uh, Mac can make it there. Yeah, and Carl Trask as well as the other one, right? And then obviously you've got obviously your running backs, your wide receivers. Then you've got Kyle Pitts at tight end. You know, so that yeah, first round is, is loaded. So actually, those, those 
two firsts are actually very, very valuable this year. That's, that's what I was thinking. So I, I, I'm kind of hesitant to give too much there. Yeah, but then just think, if you can get Watson and Mahomes in a a dynasty league, in a super flex, where two of eight starting offensive players are QB, that is, that's that's dynamite. That's that's absolute dynamite. (laughs) Let's see. The peer pressure here. I think you should do it live right now. I think you should offer the trade live on the show. We've never had a trade live on the show. You should do it. (laughs) No, we haven't. (laughs) Could be a first... I can see you smiling. I, mean, I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't mind offering Daniel Jones and the two first for Watson. Do it. <laughs> call him. Call him up. Call him up live on air. Do it. <laughs> Calling broad. <laughs> it's Pretty like when we did the draft. We need to broad. ring more to wake him up because it was stupid o'clock in the morning. Ring more. Get him uh, to take. Okay. <laughs> yep, I do recall that. That is true. So Mo, any anything else that you learned from your first season? Um, I think, uh, I mean, I think, I think, I think the first season, I think was great. It was a great lesson just in general in dynasty. I think it picked up a lot of little things about, you know, analyzing defensive schemes, uh, keeping an eye on the waiver wire. Cause I see people just quickly jumping on these backups. Um, that's one thing that you don't really hear much is like who's injured, who's not. Um, that's one thing. I think the first half I didn't follow at all. I never paid attention to who was injured. If somebody was questionable or who's the backup, cause that backup is putting up solid points from what I could tell. Um, so th- those are little nuances that kind of, uh, uh, kind of learned, uh, throughout the whole, uh, the, the season. Another one was, um, try to make as many fat bets as you can with Paul. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you want, if you want to have a nice little treasure trove of, uh, of fab money, try to make as many fab bets as you can with Paul. And you touched on a very important point there, which I, I, I know for me was, I think quite crucial in, you know, how my team performed, which is defensive scheme and understanding whether a team plays a three, four or a four, three. Now in a four, three, you're going to have, um, you know, four linemen and then three sort of linebackers, two outside, one inside. Whereas on a three, four, you're going to have three DL and then two middle linebackers effectively. And then two on the outside. Um, now, for me, I had Jalen Smith, who ended up being pretty good, but that was also contingent on Leighton Van Der Esch being injured a little bit. And if I could revisit the draft, I probably wouldn't take him as early because that middle linebacker role, you know, with I think their 3-4 scheme was split across two players. Whereas um, someone like Kenneth Murray, they played a 4-3. Uh, and, you know, okay, he didn't really take the most of the opportunity, but I'm quite high on him this season for that reason, because I think he's going to be the starting middle linebacker. You know that you've got that with Darius Leonard, for example. Um, you know, Blake Martinez is another good example. Uh, okay, Devin, Devin White was largely because of just how dominant that defense was, because um, uh, they had obviously White and uh, who was the free agent? David. David, yeah. Um, but I think scheme is very important because ultimately you're looking for IDP players who are going to be on the field a lot. And, you know, one of the players that I traded away, but, you know, Mo, you saw firsthand Jeremy Chin because you were a bad team last year, relatively speaking, you were on, um, on defense a lot. Jeremy Chin had a lot of playtime. You know, his snap count was must have been in the 90s because if he's not playing at um, safety, he's playing at linebacker. He's he's just, you know, free safety, strong safety. It was all over the shop, really. And you just want that opportunity for them to rack up points, whether it's through tackles, through um, interceptions, that would be awesome, Uh, blocked passes, QB hits, whatever it is. You just want that opportunity, really. And but I I think you, you had Levante David, didn't you? No, Danny. Danny did. Oh, Danny. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, see. I guess. I guess one of the the questions for you, Amir, obviously, you know, as, as champion as well, right? Like, was there any sort of like things you were researching on a, on a, any given week in terms of you know? Because one of the things I obviously struggle with in terms of IDP is the the uh, the wealth of knowledge out there, right? Like, when it comes to offensive players, is constant updates, you know, on injuries and you know, all that kind of stuff. Whereas defensive, it's a lot, unless you're on like an elite defensive player, you know, 
no one's going to miss that kind of defensive back, you know, for Carolina Panthers or whatever it is, right? So, is it, yeah, is there anything you're sort of looking out for in, you know, in the week running up to a game? Um, outside of this stuff like injuries, for example, um, I'm definitely... And this is more so at the startup draft, but then also during the season, uh, I'm looking at previous week's snap count because uh, we play on Sleeper. Sleeper tells you their defensive snap count. So of the you know amount of the sort of entire snaps the defense played, how, what their percentage is, and I think that's very important. And I was looking at that regularly because if you look at some of the starters that I used, um, you know, I used someone like Nate, Gary quite a lot who's unheralded not like a big name but I saw his snap percentage before he got injured and sort of Singleton took took the reins but it one leads to the other if I'd prepared for an injury to Nate Gary or Jerry however you pronounce it I would have possibly got Singleton you know thinking he's next man up and when you're looking at waivers I think having that next man up you don't want a, a whole roster worth of um backup linebackers but uh you do want you know a couple uh and I, th- I think actually one of the things i did was trying to handcuff my linebackers and in that sense i think it's quite similar to running backs because the opportunity is going to be there it's just whether if your main man goes down who's next up uh, and I, I quite like the idea of handcuffing and i did do that and in fact just thinking about it that was quite successful because if I was to look at the starters across the whole season, I think I went, what, 14 and two, right? Across the season. If I do look at starters, you'll probably see quite a lot of mix of starters. And in fact, it was Corey Littleton who I barely started because he came with draft capital, but he was just useless because it was largely Nick Kwiatkowski who was, you know, racking up the points and getting the tackles and stuff. So yeah, I would say try and, um, uh, try and handcuff your elite linebackers uh, because it proved fruitful for me. In fact, Bobby Okariki, when uh, Darius Leonard went out for the four five weeks, Okariki was a linebacker one almost every week because he just had so much opportunity. Uh, it was it was a no no thought about it. Okariki started every week for me. He got big points, I think, in most of those weeks. Um, so yeah, a couple of things then, you know, in, in that sense, look at snap percentages uh, and I would say try and handcuff your elite linebackers because the opportunity is still going to be there, albeit for someone else. I think you were saying, was it Chiggs, you were quite high on Jack Thompson for that same reason, because he was effectively going to get that Keekly role, right? And. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I didn't monitor exactly how he did, but I think he had a pretty good season. I all think in all. he finished as a yeah. as a linebacker too, maybe. Yeah, unfortunately, he never got that Keekly role. Um, Tahir Whitehead was supposed to be it. He didn't work out. Carr didn't work out. Um, but I think by the looks of it, we're going to address that and have another middle linebacker come in. He's he's just better on the strong side. Yeah, Shaq Shaq Thompson did all right. You know, he's uh, yeah, he probably finished. Low end um, linebacker two, high end linebacker three. Um, but, uh, but I was actually agreeing with when 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 Chiggs drafted him, I was like, oh, that's a solid pick because yeah. you would expect him to take all those, but he just never mm. did. And that, that's kind of it, you know. You're, you're not going to hit every time, but that that's the kind of process I kind of went through. Was okay. Where where was there an opportunity, and who do I think is going to? Yeah, so someone like Matt Wilson, right? You know, I didn't think uh, Cleveland had anyone. Um, you know, so if if he steps up and is the guy, you know, the opportunity's there. Um, the other guys I sort of took and that sort of thing. I think it was um, who's the guy at Green Bay, uh, Christian Kirksey. Obviously, he was doing pretty well until he got, until he got injured. So mm-hmm. the, those are the kind of things I'm looking for, right? And obviously, my my main guy, who uh, probably my favourite pick of the draft, was. Uh, Fire Oluokon, right for the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but you know, like and the re- the reason I took him right is because obviously other than Dion Jones, um, the guy went to um, Devontae Gamble went to Arizona, right? It left a big hole there, and Oluokon I think had when he had played looked really good last you know, previous season, and he stepped up and, and was awesome, right? So now you know I think he finished as a high end linebacker one. 
or you know anything in dual dual designation. And that's the other thing to look out for: dual designation players. Would be my tip as well, right? People that you can play as linebacker or defensive back or defensive lineman. That versatility is really useful. Yeah, I do recall Chiggs trying to include that one line that that guy wherever you mentioned just now on every single trade he proposed last year <laughs> and every time I was like who is this guy <laughs> but then you look at the numbers oh, oh he's really good but he was always like a stronger part of the trade but i had no idea who he was or ever <laughs> you know what his numbers were like yeah and in fact i'm just thinking back to our final chigs wasn't he one of the guys who actually scored really well for you Lua he probably Conti. was yeah it was it was actually my um the rest of my team will just shat the bed, basically. It was basically him, Deontay Johnson, and Roquan Smith who yeah. put up good numbers. The rest kind of disappointed, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Gallup was on your bench, unfortunately. Um, otherwise, he, he, a he got... special. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's a good point. Dual designation players are worth a lot more than um, you know your single position players just because you can stick a linebacker in the defensive lineman's spot for example and uh that if there's one thing i think i regret it was not getting uh well i suppose i did and he got injured but not having an elite defensive lineman because i got nick bosa and then he got injured for all the season because i was constantly trying to plug that hole with grady Jarrett or emmanuel ogba and ogba was good for a while but you're sack dependent and, you know, you kind of want someone who's a bit more uh, tackle heavy. I think someone like TJ Watt is a brilliant example of that because he, you can put him in your D-lineman slot and he's just going to rack up not only tackles, but also, you know, um, QB hits, sacks, everything. Uh, so, yeah, that dual designation player, particularly where it covers the defensive line, is massive because I really struggled, I think, filling that hole. Um, now, okay, my team, you know, outside of that performed well, but the defensive lineman spot was definitely a struggle for me. And even in the final, Emmanuel Ogba got me three points. Um, you know, so it wasn't wasn't a great performance. So re- let's wrap up then. Um, if there's knowing what you know now, if you were to enter a new IDP league, same setup with Superflex, uh, eight offensive starters seven defensive startups starters i should say buck what would you do differently don't draft old quarterbacks (laughs) 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 um i would take a running back early i went three wide receivers with my first three picks and then two qbs so it left me a bit short running back and that i think was you know, having having an Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, whoever it is, you know, just someone there that that's a real difference maker. I think I think I miss that for sure. Okay, good point, Mo. Um, just do more research on the defensive schemes and defensive players. Um, honestly, I think I'm pretty from from what I, from the, the knowledge I knew, from limited knowledge I knew, I was actually happy with what I did. But um, yeah, just more research on uh, the defensive players. Sounds well, good. Are you, yeah, I think, um, I mean, outside of the uh, defensive line. I won my championship. I'm going to do nothing differently. I've got nothing to learn. Nothing to learn. I've completed it, mate. Um, no, I think if there's one thing I have learned, it's that actually it's not a bad thing to ying when others are yanging. So if people are going offensive heavy, go get you elite linebackers um, where the scoring is such because I still stand by. If I had Leonard and a Blake Martinez and a Devon White, and then I'm relying on, you know, you, you you need them to hit. But if I didn't have Justin Jefferson, but instead I had Henry Ruggs, I think I could still plug those gaps with other offensive starters. But if I've got three amazing linebackers who are going to get me an average of 25 points a week, 20, 25 points a week, I, I think that's still a good strategy. Don't be afraid to move early. Um, and as I said, if there's one thing I would do differently, it's probably get a get somebody who can play lineman as well as linebacker. Um, so I would have probably targeted somebody like TJ Watt earlier, for example. I'm just looking at your picks, Amir, and I think I think one of the key things that you had was that none of your first 
five or six round picks were were busts, right? You had Lamar Jackson, Tyreek Hill, Darius Leonard, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and then Jerry Judy. So Jerry Judy was probably your, your first bust. Yeah. Your first five picks all hit, right? And that's that's money. Yeah, well, I think all of us can point to guys that, that didn't hit in those in those first five picks and that cost us. And I still maintain to this day, I think the biggest move I made, which won me that championship, was trading up to get Darren Waller. Because once the other tight ends had gone, um, I mean, you know, at that point, Hawkinson and Fanta had also gone. Um, so I, I started having a bit of a panic thinking, right, I need to trade up. And I think I was fairly aggressive in trading up, but I still maintain that move up for Waller was I still think the move that helped me win that championship so keep an eye on those scarce in a position scarcity players running backs tight ends in particular I think they run dry um, so don't be afraid to trade up and be a bit aggressive to to go get someone because you know after that you're then talking Austin Hooper Dallas Goddard Rob Gronkowski Earl Smith Tyler Higby, Jared Cook, none of which were consistent performers. So looking back, I think that was the move that did it for me, um, if I had to pick one thing. Uh, right, so a lot to talk about then. That was a really fun episode. Uh, you know, I think great to share the knowledge and hopefully it will help listeners or even yourselves if you do end up doing another IDP league. Um, I'd like to think if I entered a new IDP league, I now know enough to... Um, to win the whole thing again <laughs> but uh you know anyway here's me going for the um the repeat next season so uh i would say best of luck to all of you but i don't i don't mean that genuinely <laughs> no thanks everyone uh that's me signing out for now buck it's a pleasure everybody against amir we can't let him win it again <laughs> he's got his target on on his back <laughs> yeah, exactly target. And, do, and you have in uh and you have it in the other league, Mo. <laughs> oh, no, no, no nothing. <laughs> right, Mo. Giddy up, gentlemen. Giddy up. <laughs> and Chiggs. See you, folks.